Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Hey, what's up? John Sonimus here. Just want to take a moment to tell you about an awesome sponsor we have at Simple Programmer, which is Hire.com. I'm sure you know how frustrating it can be to search for a new job. Pushy recruiters trying to recruit you for jobs you have no interest in, jobs you apply for but you never hear from again, and worst of all, going through a whole interview process only to get a ridiculously lowball offer. Well, Hired.com has solved these problems. Hired flips job searching on its head. It actually puts you in control of the job search by letting you fill out one simple application and then having employers actually apply to hire you. How cool is that? You also get access to your own career coach to help you get your next job. Hired has access to over 4,000 employers with big names like Facebook. Plus, your profile is automatically hidden from current and past employers. Oh, and they pay you to get a job. Anyway, as a Simple Programmer listener, if you use the link Hired.com slash Simple Programmer, you can get double the normal $1,000 hiring bonus and get $2,000 when you find your next job on Hired. Just go to Hired.com slash Simple Programmer to get started. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez from simpleprogrammer.com. So I got another interview for you. I know that you guys are really digging the, the interviews here, and I, I'm, I'm, I am too. This is kind of like I'm using these interviews to meet people that I like on YouTube that are awesome. <laughs> and it's cool because I get to, you know, a lot of you get to watch, watch videos from these awesome, awesome people. Uh, and uh, and I, I get to talk to them. So that's cool. You know, I like it. So uh, anyway, I've got someone who I've been, uh, who I've really admired in the fitness uh, industry here uh, because he's, he's giving really good advice and, and not only really good advice, but like when you watch his videos, especially the videos where he's really cut, he is really cut. Like he's not just talking, you know, talking bullshit. Like he's done this and he's doing it and he, and he talks a lot about the mental game. So I've got uh, Mario Tomic. Am I saying your last name right? Is it Tomic? It's uh, pronounced Tomic. You know, it's like similar to, I guess people know like Novak Djokovic. You know, we have from, from Balkans, I'm Croatian. So we have the Ch at the end instead of a C. So it's kind of like a little bit different. So it's Tomic. Tomic. Okay. I would have never guessed that one. But, um, <laughs> anyway, Mario, w- welcome. You know, thanks. Thanks for, for coming on, uh, on the, on the show, on the podcast. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, I, I think I give, I give you a little bit of an intro, but maybe if you want to give a little bit more of a background, like who you are and what, what you do uh, for people that thanks. aren't watching. So. Thanks, John. I mean, uh, it's an honor to be here and I'm glad I could spend some time with you as well to share some knowledge and talk to you. And and the YouTube sphere, I mean, there's a lot of channels out there, but I mean, we kind of narrow down to the people we resonate the most with. So that's kind of cool that we can connect and talk as well, like friends and because we're kind of living the similar lifestyle. In terms of my background, I guess official background is I have a master's in computing. I've done my graduate in um, computer science. I picked computing, so I'm a nerdy guy. I, I was a big nerd before I got jacked, and now I'm a nerd, and I'm jacked. You know, it's, the, it's just adding little more layers on top of that. Um, kind of a very logical, geeky guy, taking a step-by-step engineering process-oriented person. And um, yeah, I took took me a while to discover the whole health side of my life and that's something that I found myself to be extremely passionate about because I've made an incredible transformation for myself in my life. I think that a lot of that is credited to my better health and I kind of found that combining my skills and just being very science driven, I can bring some of that science and that step-by-step process to kind of the a population that is interested in same goals, right? And there's a lot of nonsense out there. I mean, we live in uh, in this time and age. It's like information is in abundance. We really all crave for just let's cut through through the BS and just get to the point, right? Let's just what is the step by step? I want to do this. A lot of people are motivated. You know, we just get confused. 
Yeah. So that's wow. kind of the goal. What I have with my channel is just like, okay, let's cut through the nonsense. Here's the mindset side. Here's the nutrition. Here's the like the training side of things. Step by step. Let, let's just do this, right? Let's focus on taking action. Right. Awesome. Yeah, we're very much aligned in that. And I didn't even realize, you know, when I invited you to the channel, I didn't realize you actually had a programming background. <laughs> I, I was thinking <laughs> yeah. that just from the fitness side. So this, so you're actually the perfect guest for this for this channel <laughs> because uh, we're we're alike in, in more ways than I thought. So. Yeah, so, it uh, is. It is uh, kind of interesting. Like when we tell most people, "What? You're a nerd." Like, how is that possible? You used to play World of Warcraft and now you're jacked. Does that even go together? Actually, I mean, a lot of things that I've learned by, I was a professional video gamer before as well and in college, a lot of things that I've learned from that lifestyle applies now, right? I mean, right. in video games, what you're doing is you're building skills, you're leveling up a character, and literally now what you're doing is building your skills again and leveling up yourself. So it's kind of very, very similar and I found that people in terms of just the mindset who are attracted to fitness are usually people who are very driven by progress. So we're progress driven right. people. We love step by, we, we love the incremental progress. You see a little bit of extra boost in our power up. A lot of us watch like stuff like Dragon Ball Z as little kids. You know, we're like, we're super into these tiny little nerdy things where we can see the potential and we're like, okay, let's, let's go closer to that. Let's get as close as possible. That's kind of what's driving me is really just being very progress oriented. And I'm a big, big fan of that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That connection actually, it's funny. I was just talking to Brandon Carter and we were talking to, and I said that, you know, the one thing that I have that like some, a lot of people are smarter than me, better looking than me, whatever, you know, I have more talents and skills, but I can grind, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can grind. And that's the same, like if you're playing an MMO or, you know, whatever it is, online poker, the, all of those skills, like fitness, it's all the skill of building a business. It's grinding. Like you've got to be able to go and do the grind. Yeah. So. Finding some motivation in, in those small things, you know, replying to those 15, 20, 30 or 200 emails, depending how many you get per day, you know, you know, it's going to be a tough process, but you got to be able to bring that self-motivation out of you and just start working on it. And there's many theories out there. We can, we can go into that, like theory of motivation and all these things. But it is really about those small day-to-day -day things that most people procrastinate on that eventually kind of if you do these things, you end up being very successful for the same reason because our, our monkey brain, to call it, it just doesn't want you to do these things, right? And it's kind of weird, right? Once you conquer yourself a little bit, you just get ahead very fast. You know, that's, that's exactly. the way it is. Yeah, yep, I totally agree. So I wanted to ask you, because you you kind of have made it a little bit further down this this quest for cutness than, than I have. <laughs> like I saw some of your videos where you were down. I mean, you were definitely like, what were you like? You're like, I don't know, it depends on how you measure, but somewhere around 7% or less, I think. Like you had the full bottom abs. Well, yeah, I mean, if you would estimate uh, in terms of like body fat levels, it's all an estimate, right? The only way yeah. to actually measure body fat, I like to tell people, I got this from, I think from James Krieger, I have to credit him, he's a great guy, great researcher. He's like, okay, the only way to accurately measure it is to cut you out, like cut your muscles out, rip yeah. you apart, and then do a biopsy on everything and then see how much muscle you have, how much fat. Like that's how you get an accurate percentage. Right. Uh, otherwise, in terms of estimates, I would say that what, how I like to see it is close to stage condition, right? Yes. I just say close to stage condition because that's kind of like, okay, for some people it can be like 8%, 12, 10, 6, 15, whatever your genetics are. But I would say close to stage condition means that you really have just a little bit of fat left on your glutes, on your, um, on your hams, around the lower abdominal area. There's always a little bit left, but it's kind of that, um, that part that requires – that last 2% requires more effort than the previous 8%. You know, that's kind of the, 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 the we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's, I think so many people don't understand that. That's like so, because so much, I've been in the fitness for a long time, and I would get down to 10% and around there, maybe 11 or, or so. And that's easy. That's like, like I could do that all. And I would, I would never, ever be able to get down below that. Until I, until I started doing, I read a lot of what Lyle McDonald has, has written and I started adopting, I, I'm doing my own thing now. Like I eat one meal a day. I basically fast until five every day. 
and then I do almost what's almost like carb backloading, like almost like Body Opus or, or Ultimate Diet 2.0. I basically will eat ketogenically on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right after I lift, I hit the carbs, you know, to, mm -hmm. to replenish glycogen, take advantage of that kind of insulin sensitivity. But, and, and I'm running 40 miles a week now, but without doing all that stuff, I was like, now I'm finally starting to drop down, but I'm still like, not like my goal for the year was to, you know, to hit basically what I call like the visual 7%, like on my scale, the, the average, the trend weight to show 7%. And I'm like at like, you know, 7.8 or something like that. And it's, it's so hard at this point. What, what did you do to get, because, <laughs> you know, I've talked to so many people and, and, and I don't know, I mean, there's a lot of people that are taking stuff and that are on, you know, whatever, and not necessarily doing things naturally, but so, so they, they don't, they don't share the same struggle. They're like, oh yeah, it's not that hard yeah. to just you know, get your diet, do carb cycling. And it's like, okay, there's, if, if you're natural and you're trying to do this, it is really, really hard. So, so tell me yeah. what, what you did. Yeah, you probably watched my video where I said uh, the, the, about the, the struggle of getting 6% body fat. Um, it's like your girlfriend hates you, like your testosterone is the, the, like pretty much, you're, you're castrated, right? There's yeah. no libido, uh, no motivation to do things like the, the mood swings, the uh, you just get anxiety attacks, even though I'm like, I'm a very grounded person, right? I meditate, I do all these things, but... When you're in that edge, you know, there's not enough food, you're hungry, you're, you're just getting, experiencing all these crazy problems. So we're going to get into a little bit, of, I mean, with your audience, this is a topic that I'm actually planning to do a huge video on my channel, but I can give you a quick summary of uh, a little bit of the points that I've been researching so far on the okay, topic, yeah. like that last thread. So your audience will appreciate that for sure. Um, because there's a lot of advice out there that goes, goes all over the place. It's not like, okay, what the hell do I do, you know? Right. What the hell do I do, right? So number one thing is it depends on your current situation, right? If you're a guy who is already starting at like 15, 16% body fat, you can't, or above above that, you have no abs whatsoever. The first step is really to get abs, right? To get a right. six pack. If you don't have a six pack, don't worry about the last shred, right? You're, you're, you're like 20 weeks away from that, right? Don't worry about that. It's not a, not a good idea to worry about it. And then the second thing is that by the time you get to that six pack, and why am I talking about this? This is most guys, right? By the time right. you get to that six pack level, it's good to stay there for a while, for a very long time, actually, right? Don't try to lose all of it at once. I mean, rarely you will see someone get from like 20% body fat to six. That almost never happens because it's just a grueling process. You're going to like you have literally no life. You can just lock yourself up in the basement and like that's it, right? Uh, even that, I mean... You're, you're just going to enter these phases where you're going to lose a lot of muscle mass because there's not a lot of breaks in the diet. Uh, even though if you do it very, very structured, being in a caloric deficit for such a long time, your body just doesn't want to die, right? I mean, it's like right. fighting you with everything it has. So if you're a guy who is nowhere near six-pack level, focus on getting to a six-pack level and then try to stay at that level as much as you can and amp up your calories as much as you can. And in a sense that you become more active, so you know, an exercise activity goes up, you're using a standing desk, you're walking around, basically try to get into a higher energy flux at a six pack level. That right. means that being at a 10% body fat is what I would say having a, just a six pack, right? If you're at that level and if you're required, I mean, if you have to eat only 2000 calories, 2000 calories is nothing. You will not be able to train. You will not be able to eat enough carbohydrates. And you will not be able to do anything if you're just, I mean, if you have to eat 2,000 calories to stay 10% body fat, you're doing it wrong, right? Right, yep. So that's the first problem, right? So 2,000 calories or below that, which is at the end of the diet, which is usually the end of the diet, like 1,800 calories. If you've been dieting, if you lost uh, you know, 7, 8% body fat, stay there for a while, maintain, get your energy levels in a, in a sense that you recover your hormones, take a diet break for a couple of months. Then you're ready to attack that last couple of percent, because that last couple of percent is going to take twice as long and twice more patience than the, what you did before. And then only once you're ready, once you're already lean, once you kind of, um, I guess, adjusted your set point a little bit, like settling point in terms of body fat, can you attack 
and going further. That's at least my strategy that I found works really the best. I mean, of course, some guys can just go from a four pack to like getting shredded. Bodybuilders do that all the time. But um, that bodybuilders have a lot of experience on stage. Those are guys who are dieting for 20 weeks. They're taking it very, very slowly. The guys from 3DMJ, they do a great job with their contest prep bodybuilders like that. Eric Helms, Alberto Nunez, and these guys, they prepare for a natural bodybuilding show. They prepare people for like a year, you know, like at least, you know, like what are you talking about? You know, it's guys like, hey, I want to I wanna get shredded in three months contest. You know, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> you're, like there's no way you're going to get there in three months. Like you should have like started like two years ago, right? Exactly. So, um uh, how do you attack the last shred, right? That, that's, a, that's a really good point. So there's a couple of strategies. I mean, you, you mentioned Lyle McDonald. I love his stuff and uh, the stubborn fat solution. He mentions a couple of mechanisms that are involved with uh, tapping into uh, the fat cells that have different receptors, right? So we have different receptor cells. Uh, this is very, very um, dependent on your gender. So if you're a guy, it's most likely going to be your lower abdominals that are the most problematic area in your glutes. Uh, in women, it's glutes, hips, and thighs. Right, yeah. so we're talking about gender differences. I'm gonna focus on guys mainly because that's kind of my specialty, and uh, that's yeah. uh, what I have the most experience with. So with guys, I mean, a few things help. Um, it, I mean, these are not hardcore science sciencey things that I'm gonna tell you. Right, these are more based on my experience as a coach, and also from a little bit of science because science doesn't necessarily study how to get shredded to a point. Where you're stepping on a stage you know science doesn't necessarily have 15 guys locked up in a lab and they can do all these tests on them and who the hell is going to do that right if someone is a serious bodybuilder they're not going to let them like <laughs> being experimented on right they, they they have their own thing so it is not something that that we have a lot of data on um number one thing uh with, with everything the stubborn fat and in general losing the last couple of percentages is going to take a shit ton of patience number one right so the process is a little bit difficult uh, when i say patience i truly mean patience i mean like being okay with your scale not moving at all but your fat is melting but the scale is not moving because the water retention effects like all these uh, hormonal fluctuations that are happening cortisol is shooting up you're eating different types of foods. Uh, it really helps to eat similar food because now you at least eliminate one variable out of the way. So if you go for sushi the night before and you wake up two kilos heavier, you know, yeah. like a couple pounds heavier, you're going to freak the fuck out and try to adjust your diet based on a, on a single event, which is not a good idea ever. Uh, so it is a good idea to keep the foods fairly similar throughout the journey of like 10% to like 6%. When I say similar, I don't mean chicken, broccoli, and rice all day. But I mean like, okay, here's my staple diet. I don't want to change that every day. And if I do go out and eat uh, once or twice a week, I know what to expect the next day that the scale might go up. So I'm going to be okay with that. So that mental game, because this re really requires patience as your body doesn't have a lot of body fat to burn. So the process is just taking slower. If you go for aggressive, you're going to lose a lot of muscle mass. The muscle mass actually, I mean, looking at the data, doesn't necessarily start happening until you hit below 10%. When you hit below 10%, that's where muscle loss actually starts becoming an issue right, for most exactly. guys. So this is where you have to be really careful and go for those slower deficits um, for less caloric deficit and maybe like two, 300 calories in a deficit per day. And what tends to help, uh, number one strategy is um, refeeds. Um, actually more like, I wouldn't even use refeeds but i would say non-linear dieting where exactly. you're not yeah. uh, going in a straight calorie deficit every single day so this tends to help uh if you're let's say not dieting three days of the week so let's say you're doing friday saturday sunday on a kind of a maintenance right or if where you put the maintenance level on your on your training days and you go hardcore on your rest days in, in a deficit that tends to help um it seems that a single day of a cheat meal or a refeed doesn't have as much effect as multiple days. So exactly. I would say that um, close to close to that level of body fat, where you're talking about seven, eight percent, we're talking about two, three days of um, being in a higher caloric intake, at least to notice some of the some of the effects. Um, what tends to help in terms of strategies of of getting that body fat released, uh, intermittent fasting had, might be beneficial in some cases with individuals who have done that in the past. I've, uh, I mean, 
we're, we're talking about releasing body fat, right? We're not talking about burning body fat, right? right. We're talking about let, let's first release the body fat because here's the thing. Uh, people say, hey, I'm doing fat burning cardio. No, you're, you're literally burning cardio in that session, but what's happening afterwards is that your body is going to use more carbohydrate as fuel, right? So we need to distinguish the, what is, what is going to determine the fat loss, your deficit, right? How much you're in a deficit. It's not how much you're burning in one single session or in one single part of the day where you're doing intermittent fasting. Obviously, if you're not getting yourself any glucose, carbohydrate, you're going to tap into fat reserves mainly for, for energy. So uh, intermittent fasting might help uh, release those stubborn fats, maybe get some effect from that. Uh, this, I mean, hasn't been well studied. This is just something that I kind of speculate on. I, I can hypothesize a coach uh, coaching more than 100 guys in the last couple of years getting shredded. Um, I would say that tends to help also with satiety, um, better control. When I say which type of intermittent fasting, um, very successfully guys have utilized the uh, Martin Burkham approach, 16-8. Uh, uh, the lean gains approach, I tend, um, I, I tend to agree that this is the most uh, valuable intermittent fasting approach if you're interested in physique. Um, if you push it to like a warrior diet style, four-hour eating window where the meal frequency really drops to two meals, uh, I tend to uh, agree more with, with the crew that is saying that it might not be beneficial for retention of muscle mass, especially not for building muscle mass, but for retention, that could be an issue as well because you're not getting enough uh, of those muscle protein synthesis uh, spikes throughout the day. And there's a whole number of other things that might actually be caused by um, such a low meal frequency, such, such a long fast. It's kind of like a, uh, how we can look at it. It's a kind of like a hormetic response in one way as well because when you do intermittent fasting, it's a stressor, right? Exactly. And, um, a little bit of a stressor is good. Like taking a cold shower is fantastic, for example, right? I mean, take a cold shower, you get some hormetic response, your body grows stronger, you know, the old niche, you know, what doesn't kill you, makes you stronger and things like that. That's, that's great. And we are hormetic creatures. We respond to hormesis. A little bit of poison will make us stronger. But right. the problem with intermittent fasting, if you look at it, a hormetic response, and if you say, hey, hey, I'm going to fast for 48 hours, you're adding too much stress now. Now it's no longer that hormetic response now it's literally something you can't adapt to exactly. now it's going like further into the realm of like okay i'm gonna kill myself right so it, the body will slow down the metabolism there's some research uh yeah. to, to point out in that direction i mean it's not obviously cause and, and, and effect relationship research but we could speculate that that might be a problem so yeah intermittent fasting can be a good strategy you mentioned yourself there that you're doing um, let's say one meal a day this is, for example, something I would not recommend if you're interested in getting very, very shredded, right? And um, for, for the same reason, because you're not giving yourself enough feedings, right? And what, what builds muscle will retain muscle, right? And the same yeah. protocol that builds muscle, it helps you to retain the muscle. In the end, it's about the, the turnover balance, right? I mean, how much muscle is being built, how much is being destroyed. If uh, there's not a lot of being built and a lot of, like is being destroyed, yeah what is going to happen, right? You're going to start losing muscle mass. And um, that, that's one thing. And I mean, is, so, is that pretty clear so far? I mean, before I dive into like some of the other. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so you might be interested too. Like I've been experimenting with that with the because uh, I did intermittent fasting where I had like uh, a bigger window where I did two meals and I didn't really get good results. So I went to the to the one meal. So I'm basically doing I'm not even doing a 24 like most of the time I'm doing like literally like a, like a 23 one, like I'm eating for one hour and that's it. But I'm doing some things that I think maybe like counteract some of that stuff. So one of them is that like, uh, I'm eating ketogenically, I'm eating, you know, basically you know, keto uh, on the, on the aerobic days. So I'm running mm -hmm. long distances, right? I'm running, t going for a 10 mile run fasted. Mm -hmm. And before I hit the run, I'm also taking HMB which is sort of been mm -hmm. shown mm -hmm. to, to preserve muscle. Yeah, there, there's some evidence, yeah, to, to kind of like combat those uh, muscle loss effects. And uh, ketogenic diet itself has been shown to be a little bit protein sparing in, yeah. in a sense when you switch to ketones. Um, generally, I mean, what, what I would say as, as a recommendation is to tone down the cardio as much as possible. I'd, again, I mean, he, he, here's the thing, right? We're talking about a 
individual response as well it, because exactly. we're, yeah. we're, we're scientific minded people and it's very easy to get caught up into thinking well the science or the study or even the review gave us the exact thing we should do which is very far from the truth and if we look at what the study really does I mean it gives us some direction and give us average values some guys have no issues with a very high like high amount of concurrent training I mean guys like Alex Viada has been promoting this for a long time I mean some guys have no issues going with a lot of concurrent training concurrent meaning cardio plus train training and getting shredded yeah can work perfect for some guys on the other hand, we have guys, I mean, if you add a couple of cardio sessions per week, they, they're just like, they can't adapt anymore. They start losing strength. Uh, their their bodies just don't adapt as well to the stressor. That means that they're, now their training volume in the gym is suffering. And then, I mean, training volume when it goes down, there's less and less incentive for the body to hold on to muscle mass. Exactly. Of course, we can talk a little bit about training and then how the training could be changed a little bit to kind of facilitate the fact that, uh, you want to get that large shred without overtraining yourself, which is a big issue uh, if you do high volume, high intensity work all the time. So periodization becomes even more important as you're getting for that uh, less and less uh, body fat. But I mean, we're talking about guys who are really serious here about getting shredded, right? If you're not a stage competitor, if you don't really care about losing a little bit extra muscle mass, I mean, you can you, you have a lot more wiggle room. You know, it's not like a tightrope. It's kind of right. more like a like a bridge, but if you're if you're getting on stage, it's like a tightrope. You know that's kind of the analogy that Eric Helms likes to use. I really love that analogy because if you're in a tightrope, dude, like one extra like wrong car cardio session added to the whole program can completely like get you off track because now you can't adapt anymore and you add more stress and you can't get sleep at night and it's like it just breaks down. So you you want to be really careful with changes when you're attempting to do something extreme which is stepping on stage in fucking underwear, right? Who the hell does that? You know, like, I mean, what are we talking about? Like, it's like, it's, it's not, it's not like a normal thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I've been, I, I mean, I've been experimenting, like I said, I, I finally, and it may be a, an app like, like my, myself that, that it works for me that doing the, cause I've been up in the cardio and I've been fine, but, but part of it, like I said, is I think it's a ketogenically. And then what I've been doing is I've been like on, so for example, today is a, is a keto day. So today I'll run like a, you know, an hour or so I'm going to go run for 10 miles and then I'll, I'll eat when I get, get back. And then tomorrow though, I'll be fasting until five. I'll do a fasted, like heavy training. I'll, I'll, I'll do a high intensity weightlifting for two hours, which is a pretty extreme but right after that, I will be taking in carbohydrates. So I'm like super insulin sensitive. And so I'm actually seeing like strength gains while I'm, I mean, I mean, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but I'm running 40 miles a week. I'm fasting until five every day and I'm seeing strength gains every week on core exercises like bench press and shoulder press. Uh, so, so I think I'm actually, you know, because I, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm breaking down some muscle, but I think because I'm, I'm so insulin sensitive and so primed and uh, glycogen depleted that I may be actually compensating more than actually generating a, enough positive protein synthesis to actually sort of, you know, gain, gain a small amount of muscle while I'm, I'm dropping mm -hmm. through this, but I, you know, yeah, you should getting stronger. That, that's a, that's a fantastic indicator. That's, that's something yeah. that um, I wish people would be able to do on, on getting really shredded that that's like the best indicator ever you know like getting stronger and getting shredded at the same time that's that's all you want i mean that's the holy grail man like that's yeah. uh it's like put this in a if you put this in a pill and sell it you can charge like uh, like 997.99 for it right the sell only that. problem is though i have to like <laughs> I, I am I'm, I'm thinking about putting i'm putting together a program but the only yeah, problem yeah. <laughs> is like it, it is kind of extreme though. It's like okay, well, here's the rules for the program because I do some stuff for <laughs> testosterone too, like take DAA and uh, calcium uh, or uh, shoot, I just forgot the name of it. But I'm doing some things like the high fat diet helps with the testosterone as well. But but essentially the diet is like you don't eat you don't eat until five every day. You do two hours worth of workout every single day, and uh, and then you got to like 
do all this stuff and you and, and when you eat you have to eat ketogenically so it's it's really yeah. hard for <laughs> it's like you know what i mean but uh, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah I mean, so, and, it, and it's N one, right? It's like N equals one. So this is like the, the, yeah, the John diet, you know, it's not the diet that everybody can just take like that and, and make it work. Right. You know, we're talking about motivation obstacles. We're talking about lifestyle obstacles. We're talking about food preference. We're talking about your individual genetic response to training and, and, uh, and, uh, nutrition. I mean, we're talking about a lot of things, right? So oh, that's, yeah. uh, that, that's one thing that going for, for like those last couple of percentages of body fat, um, these things that we're, we're talking about here, it's important to see these things as tools, right? right? These are things that you can try out. These are by no means the only ways to do things. These are by no means the, the magic pill or the ultimate end all be all solution. Nor am I saying that, the, the six meals that they approach is any way inferior to intermittent fasting or anything like that. Um, it, it's all up for testing, right? That's what a good scientist does. The good scientist has variables and changes variables and finds which variables fit the scenario that he wants to get the outcome of, right? So yeah. it is not uh, for us to hear, to, to say, hey, here's, here's the one magical method because there is no such thing, right? We can forget exactly. about that. And, uh, uh, one one good thing, I mean, keto is is an is an incredible tool for a lot of people, and uh, I've I've had worked with clients in the past. I mean, lost 100 pounds doing keto uh, with no problems. You know, like they they're never hungry. They eat like a lot of calories, and they feel great. Um, that the thing with uh, with that getting lost shred might be beneficial to go on low carbon some days you know there might be some case for that some people say well you should just go hard as high carb as you can uh i find that an, an approach where you might cycle days where you go high carb on training days very very low carb on rest days um okay. even try experimenting with the protein sparing modified fast uh literally just eating protein one day no fats no carbs whatsoever you know just a little oh, bit of salad to keep you going yeah. Um, so literally you eat like 800 calories that day, you know, that, that might, uh, that might be beneficial, you know, in some individuals because they, their rest of the week is just less intense because now you created so much deficit in those two rest days or three rest days that for the other four days, like four or five days, you have an abundance of calories now that you can play around with. So it makes the whole process easier, right? Um, things that I would like to emphasize here, I mean, as, as like, like a huge tip, I mean, we kind of covered stuff like patience, intermittent fasting, maybe going low carb, experimenting with your training volume, um, experimenting with how much cardio you can handle. Um, the, the fifth one, I would say really that is the most overlooked factor is your general recovery. And yeah. uh, I'm going to look at the two factors here. Number one factor is your sleep. Literally. Yeah. If you're not getting at least seven hours of sleep and, and you're, you're looking to get shredded, you're going to have a very, very hard time holding on to muscle mass. There, there is individual differences, but you will have an incredible heart. Like you're, you're like an outlier if you maintain your muscle mass at, at less than seven hours, seven hours of sleep. You're, you're an outlier. Yeah. This has been extremely well documented in, uh, number one, you're, you're, you're synthesizing less muscle. Number two, you're, you're literally burning less fat so your body has nowhere to go but for muscle when you're when you're sleep deprived and your cravings will shoot through the roof man oh, like yeah. your satiety signals tell me about that are yeah. horrible oh, yeah. like your, your hunger <laughs> signals just go like ghrelin leptin uh, i mean it all yeah. just goes to shit if you're not sleeping enough right so uh when i was on my last cut i was uh i was sleeping about nine hours and i needed to sleep more as well due to like general fatigue and then i felt like i needed more so i was getting about eight and a half to nine hours and it, you really have to be protective over your sleep when i say protective yeah. i mean like if you have a if you have a girlfriend i mean my girlfriend like hated me when i was doing that right she's like okay what are you doing i'm like okay earplugs mask dark room uh fan the, for everything in the house no alarms no sounds uh fridge is turned off like moved away you know like it's just pitch dark pure like calm environment where i can get my sleep and just don't touch me right yeah. <laughs> like my penis doesn't even work don't touch me this, <laughs> like don't even you know like it's like a little bit of an extra i'm like snake an extreme example of it but it is in one way like that 
where you have right. to be extremely protective over your time. So if you if you do have a, a job where you have to wake up in the morning, which is probably a lot of people, you, you have to go to bed earlier. Like it has to shut down. Like it has to. There's no way you can stay up late at night and watch Netflix a couple of nights in a row. You're you're fucked, man. Like you're fucked. Right. So um, sleep is a big part of that. The second um, factor is how relaxed are you as a person outside of the gym? And this is something that almost nobody talks about in, in the whole fitness uh, equation, you know, where it's like training volume, more volume, more muscle, uh, macros, calories, tracking, nutrient timing, fasting, all these freaking things, supplements. There's no supplement in the world that's going to help you or there's no drug like we're, we're like drug-free athletes, right? I mean, I, I don't even talk about steroids. It's a completely different physiology. Right. But there, there's not even a steroid out there that can help you if you're nonstop stressed. Like yeah, if, you're, yeah. if you're nonstop on like, like just uh, adrenaline shooting up, if like you, I don't know, some email you get it, it's like it just get, gets to you, you know, and things like that. There's no way nothing can help you, man. Like that, yeah, that's that's a killer. Like yeah, your cortisol, your glucocorticoids are screwed up. I mean, Robert Sapolsky has a great book on this. Like why zebras don't get ulcers. Oh, yeah. uh, your general relationship with stress is absolutely critical. I mean, this is beyond uh, what what a lot of people are looking into, and then they're like so focused on their macros and hitting the, that gram of protein and that last gram of rice on the plate, they forget to fucking relax. Right. Yes. You want to relax, yeah. man. Like after the gym, especially after the gym, the next two hours, relax. Go take a massage, head massage, normal massage. It, massage, I mean, there's a huge review literature. Has no benefit almost whatsoever on blood flow and recovery, but it helps people relax. And that has benefits on, on your recovery, right? The cupping thing. Cupping is bullshit, man. Like like what Phelps is doing is, is absolute bullshit in terms oh, of yeah. like <laughs> physiology, right? In terms of physiology is bullshit, but not in terms of like how relaxed he's getting in the process of cupping because he just chills out. He lets the dog do his job and makes him feel relaxed and he recovers better and he becomes a better swimmer, right? right. So it's kind of like multifactorial uh, way of like dealing with stress uh, that I would say that, uh, that is really one of the biggest uh, key points that a lot of people miss you know, in, this, in this game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, 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 I totally agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. And I've definitely like, I can echo what you said on the sleep side, because man, that really, when you're, when you're cutting, when you're like, I, I've, I've gotten to the, the point, I mean, just being low body fat, you've got the mood swings, you've got the, you know, but when, it, when the, the nights when I don't sleep well and I wake up the next day, it's like motivation is zero. <laughs> Like there's yeah. like, there's no, like, you're like, why do I, why am I even alive unless I can have a cookie? Like, <laughs> like all, yeah. all the, all the stuff you, you're, you're like that you were dreaming about that you're thinking about all the motivation, the reason why you're hitting that goal, all of a sudden it's gone. And you're like, I don't, I just, <laughs> I just want to eat something. I'm not like, yeah, it's like food obsession. Yeah. Yeah. Massive yeah. food obsession. Uh, yeah. That, that's kind of like. The, the end game is like dreaming about pancakes and pizzas and then uh, you literally care more about a cupcake than, than about your like family or whatever. You know, it's like, it's just I mean, maybe an extreme example, but it's like in the moment your, your body thinks you're starving. Exactly. Like, and the, yeah. the, the priority is to, to get the survival uh, down, right? And just get the food and shelter uh, before we can worry about the, the, the other stuff. Um, final factor here, I mean, um, you, you might have seen the series that I've done on uh, how to trick your brain to eat less food on my, on my uh, channel where I went into the psychology and physiology of hunger and management of, uh, of your hunger and satiety signaling and how your neurology works in terms of uh, making you feel fuller in a diet. So I think managing hunger is one of the critical aspects of getting that lost shred. And if yep. you're uh, truly interested in um, getting to about 6 or 7% body fat, hunger is, is li literally something that you will experience regardless of if you use all these strategies that I'm going to mention. Uh, but it is still something that you can manage a little bit better uh, if you are into certain things. So number one thing, uh, I'm just going to mention a few here. Uh, understand the food palatability, food reward uh, mechanism. Literally, if you're consuming a high amount of highly processed or fine foods uh, with um, high sugar, high fat combinations, um, you, you're pushing 
the, the settling point upward in a, in a sense that your body is going to crave and want to get rewarded more frequently with these high rewarding foods and you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So it is kind of uh, the, the anecdotal, what we can see in, um, in bodybuilders, they, they typically go for blander diets if you're looking to get shredded and it does tend to work uh, good and that doesn't mean that you're micronutrient deficient because you can have a kind of a blander diet but it's still tasty and good if you use certain low calorie additions and also combine different types of fruits and vegetables but i mean if you're thinking about pop darts and um if you're thinking about like uh, i don't know like a high sugar high fat uh like pancakes cakes and things like that and you're truly getting to get looking to get shredded of course, calories count and macros count, dude. But you're gonna be fucking hungry. Like you're gonna, oh, yeah. like for most the most part, you're you're gonna be dying of hunger, right? Uh, you can't afford to spend six hundred calories on on something that is that is not making you full, right? So that's kind of exactly. the first thing to look at. Uh, second thing to look at is really how much food volume you're eating. So again, coming back yeah. to caloric density, uh, you want to maximize food volume and minimize the caloric density of food. So a lot of veggies, a lot of fruits. I mean, this is the best thing you can do, like melons, uh, combinations of a lot of greens, uh, uh, cauliflower, broccoli, uh, green salad, spinach, kale. Um, all these things are amazing additions um, uh, to add more bulk to the diet. Um, yeah. Sugar-free Jello. Yeah, I mean things like that. Yeah, like yeah. things like the sugar-free, artificially sweetened stuff. You know, and they no, they won't kill you. You know, the science yeah. is pretty. Like fucking aspartame is one of the safest uh, things in the world. And they're like, you Google it, and it's like Dr. Mercola says it's gonna kill you. No, man, it's not gonna kill you. Right? It's yeah. just bullshit. I mean, we have a, like so many so much research uh, that it, literally you can drink like 15 cans of zero-free uh, zero Coke. You know, it's like nothing. You know. Um, Going further, I mean, what we want to look at is uh, how mindful are you with food, right? So this is a huge thing, right? I mean, we, we all have our phones nearby, right? You have my phone here. You have your own phone here. Uh, probably when you're eating food, you're like, looking at your phone. You're looking at this laptop. You're watching my videos or your videos. Uh, I know a lot of people do that. They got pissed off when I put out a video and told them, hey, don't watch the channel if you're eating food and if you want to get a rip. But, it, <laughs> but it's true, right? I mean, if you're not being aware of how much food you're eating, there's literally a relationship be between awareness of food and how hungry you get. Yeah. And they did experiments on people with amnesia. Uh, they don't remember the meal and they get triggered and they, they literally eat the meal again. And they, they ate like until their, their bellies were completely like about to explode and they couldn't fit in more food oh, yeah. because they didn't remember the meal. So now the only signal they had was the, the, the belly and the, and the gut, you know, how full it is, right? So these people would just keep eating, right, if you were extracting food out of them. Um, that, that's one big, big problem there. So you want to be aware of what food you're eating. You want to slow down eating. You're going to become more mindful, grateful. Um, it also makes you more positive in, in the way you think. So your selective focus is going to be switched from thinking negatively, which is a very big problem on a diet. Uh, oh, yeah. So you're thinking more positively about gratefulness. Uh, moving forward, I mean, distractions itself in general is not a not a good thing to have uh, because you're going to get less focused on a diet anyway. So now if you're trying to multitask and you're distracted by your phone, your, your laptop, your videos, uh, you're just going to train that skill and now it's going to become a part of who you are, which is going to destroy your productivity and in all the other areas of your life because now you're going to train multitasking and you're not going to be able to switch off thinking about food when you're talking to your girlfriend, when you're talking to your family. Like it's start, constantly start to multitask, and uh, that that's a huge issue uh, that I found, uh, at least for me, it's, it's a huge problem because I like to listen to podcasts when I eat. I like to multitask shit, right? And um, I found it to be uh, really, really, really bad on a diet. I found that to be – I'm not fo focused on food at all. I'm thinking about the next meal's macros when I'm eating. and um, it, it just doesn't allow me to, to savor the food at all. And I feel that it doesn't add to my hunger satiety uh, at all. And uh, that, that's a huge problem. Then we're also looking at the factors of uh, your general mood and motivation. If you're happier, you tend to be less hungry because a lot of emotional eating stems to the fact that you want to change your state. Um, right, exactly. that, that's the, that, this is one of the last factors I'm going to mention. There's a lot more that I'm going to cover in my series on this. Um, a lot of people eat when they want to change their state uh, from yep. boredom to, to happiness, from, from a sadness to happiness, from um, 
just seeking entertainment, right? In, in, a, in a sense from food and I want to feel happy. I'm just going to eat a banana or whatever. Maybe it's like peanut butter cup or something, you know, like depending on what you have around. Um, so it is a good idea to find things that will make you enjoy the process and the moment without food, like just something right. that you enjoy that doesn't have anything to do with food, uh, video games, uh, uh, spending time with your loved ones, going out, uh, taking a walk, taking some photos, like photography, videography, um, making vlogs to your girlfriend that you don't even post online. You just fucking make them whatever, you know, delete them later. But it's fun, right? And um, we get a dog, you know, like walk your dog, like hug, hug a bear, you know, if you can find one that is uh, <laughs> incapacitated somewhere. You know, like do something that is uh, that that is uh, going to get you, spend time in nature, you know, like something that is going to, make you more relaxed and get that stress response down coming back at stress this is this is kind of goes hand in hand uh and uh, i found that to be very very helpful a lot of bodybuilders um if you follow guys like naturals like alberto nunez uh, things that, that they say is that they've uh, the bodybuilding journey has taught them to be more mindful yes and they had to become in touch with who they are and, and look at the big picture of things. They start reading Eckhart Tolle, you know, they start like getting into meditation, like Eastern philosophy, because they're in, it's suffering because you're literally suffering every day. So you need um, something like either Eastern philosophy. My personal favorites are stoicism. You know, I like to read a lot of stoic books when I'm yeah, dieting. You know, I read like Marcus Aurelius. I love his Seneca, stuff, meditation, yeah. Seneca. Uh, Epictetus, you know, these guys are talking about exactly what you're going through. So these are some of the mental things. But yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna beat around it too much. I mean, I think this is um, th these are all things to consider. Yeah. yeah. Good. I think not enough people talk about that because that really is so much of it is that mental uh, that mental strength stuff. Because you know, it's like I, I I've got tools. And like you said, like I, I know I look at, I get a lot of broccoli because that's a, it's a, I get a lot of volume out of that. I get a lot of salads. I buy cucumbers because those are almost no calories. It's like, you know, sugar-free gel, like all these kind of tools, but it's, that's like a, a second resort. Yeah, I, I guess, I, you know, I see a lot of people even today that they post all these healthy, they're, they're like, when they go on a diet, what they do is they try, even like the ketogenic groups and stuff, they try to like come up with all these really healthy recipes that are within the diet, but are, are very tasty and very intricate. Extremely palatable. Yeah. yeah. And, and the problem with that is that they're, they're obsessing over food. And so they're setting themselves up for failure. And I'm like, no, look, when you're like, if it's going to be hard, it's going to be hard. Like better to, like you said, adopt the stoic mindset and just be like, this is tough. That's okay. Sometimes yeah. life is tough as opposed to I'm going to try to make this as easy as possible for me. And, and it's, it's, it's like, I'm not even dieting. I'm, I'm eating cheesecake. And, and it's like, no, nobody ever said that. And on a crazy 6% body fat, nobody ever fucking said that. Like if you, if you can afford a slice of cheesecake once a week, you know, you good for you, right? That's great. And you, you should, but uh, if that's a part of your daily diet, I mean, that's that's a very very hard time for most people you know and despite right. the fact that you have your calories and macros in check and uh yeah as, as we said like calories and macros and those things count the most you know like the high quality food uh diets of uh, that are rich in fruits and vegetables and lean protein th those are all the great things but take it deeper you know take take it deeper and, and see how you can make your adherence to that caloric deficit easier because that's ultimately what's going to give you success. Exactly. Adherence to the caloric deficit. And um, th that's what I'm really big on because uh, it doesn't even matter how perfect your macros are if you can't stick to it. You know, ultimately, the best diet is the one you can stick to. So uh, we can just debate all day. But if, if someone is not willing to stick to the plan, I mean, we're just wasting our time. And that's, that's the way it is. Okay, we should probably get wrapping up here. I appreciate all the, uh, I did want to ask you one question though that I've been curious about just to get your experience on because I know that you're, uh, you've, you've been following a lot of Lyle McDonald stuff as well. Have you seen, I'm, I'm doing the uh, Yohimbine, which, which of course, if you have any insulin, mm -hmm. uh, you, it just, it, it doesn't work. So I'm, I, since I'm fasting till five every day, the Yohimbine seems like a perfect match for me. I'm still not entirely like I, I, I have mixed ideas of whether or not the results are, 
you know what I mean? Because I'm still struggling. Like the biggest thing that I've got left is just a little bit of lower back fat. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping that Uhimbine will help, but I, I don't know. Like it's, I, I'm, I, I, I can't say for sure that Uhimbine is working, but I can't say that it's not. What, what's your feel on that one? Um, I mean, I, I think Menno Hanselmans wrote a review on this uh, recently, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was his review on uh, Bayesian bodybuilding. I mean, number one, I'm not big on supplements. I yeah. literally don't take any supplements except vitamin um, D when I'm in a, not in a sunny country and uh, omega-3 fish oil. Uh, on a diet, maybe a multivitamin as, as kind of a, I guess, an insurance for, for health. Um, I would not, uh, I would say that Yohimbine doesn't have any effect, um, aside, I mean, from what I've seen in the literature, I don't think it's worth the trouble, right. even if it does have, because the side effects, um, I mean, you, you might get some effects out of it, but the price you might pay for that is, is a whole number of side effects. So I wouldn't necessarily want to, uh, want to bother myself with that also it's hard to find the right type and like there, there's multiple different types and i mean why why the fuck bother you know if you burn a gram of fat more you know for all these side effects what what the hell and does that even count you know does that even matter um what we said here i mean uh, a patient is one big thing of it and i mean i do believe that placebo works you know right. i think that uh placebo fucking works so <laughs> if uh, if you take your hemi and, and it's helping you you should just keep taking it don't li like just shut your ears now <laughs> like that don't listen to me but uh, I'm a very skeptical person, right? I'm very, very critical. And if I don't see a, a huge review on, on something like Yohimbi, which has potential side effects, I'm not going to recommend it to anybody ever, right? right. Uh, and I'm not going to try it myself because I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm on a skeptical side when it comes to supplements. Uh, I love sites like examine.com. Um, I think exactly. they're doing a fantastic job with uh, gathering all the data. And um, literally the only thing I take is creatine monohydrate. I, I see that and, and caffeine in form of tea or coffee if I, or, or dark chocolate, which is kind of my preferred way of taking caffeine. But um, the, the point is that I would lean more on the side of skepticism when it comes to supplements that have any side effects. So one of those being a himbi. And I wouldn't say that I saw any results from it, uh, like actual results from it. I know Lyle has been uh, mentioning that. And I mean, I don't, I mean, I agree with Lyle and like probably 98% of things, you know, this is one of those things that I, I don't see that the reason why someone should take that and, and similar to the ephedrine stacks and all that, uh, fuck that shit, right? You don't need that. Uh, guys are getting shredded without that. Um, a lot more guys than with that. So uh, screw that stuff, right? So you, you can do it a normal way, just more patience, uh, more learning, more work and you get there, right? And uh, with that, you avoid all the potential side effects, which we don't even know what, what they are, right? So, yeah, that, that's kind of my take on it. I'm, I'm leaning more to what is the safe side on that stuff. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I've experimented with I haven't even really noticed much of a difference on the EC stack. Although, I mean, people swear by that one, but I, I don't know. I mean, but I'm with you. It's like, I, I you know, I, I experiment and I, I try it out, but it's like, ultimately, I know that, <laughs> what is this really going to do? Like maybe increase my, my calorie burn by 5%. That's if even, you know, get a treadmill desk, right? I mean, uh, yeah, standing yeah, this, like, like increase your need, you know, need is the, is the secret of getting shredded. If you're looking for, um, if you're looking for something that is ultimately the secret is neat, non-excess activity thermogenesis, uh, your, uh, unconscious um, non-exercise activity. I mean, some of it is conscious, something like taking walks, being more generally active, taking out the trash, uh, not leaning on the table as much and things like that, which ultimately your body will want to do when you're when you're cutting down as it's one, wanting to conserve the energy. So you're finding yourself being more sluggish, your shoulders fall in, your posture gets okay. worse, um, all these effects. And I, I think that a lot of people underestimate meat. Uh, parking um, if you're going to work park your car a little bit further down the road to so walk to work you know add like a couple of 50 100 calories extra like that um th these these are the, the factors to look into and uh, i mean uh, supplements and things like that i know i know there's a strong pull to go for something that is like taken and like now instantly has benefits um i, t I tend to uh, go with the okay if it does sound too good to be true it is Right. And that's right. kind of like if if if, it, if it's not like involving sweat and work, it probably doesn't work, right? So <laughs> that's exactly right. 
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, thank you for, for taking the time. I want to make sure that everyone uh, that if you haven't checked out Mario's channel already, uh, definitely check it out. I'll put a link here so you can subscribe to his channel. Uh, go and go over there, visit some of his videos, subscribe. And, and like I said, he's just got like awesome advice and not, not just the awesome advice that, you, that you've heard here, but I mean, he's doing it. Like you look at his videos. It's, it's funny. There's some people on YouTube that are like, uh, okay, I hear what you're saying, but you don't look the part, but you know, Mario's, you know, got, he's got the videos where he was right, where his girlfriend hates him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say that definitely check out the channel and, and one thing, uh, why I don't do shirtless videos, for example, and why I don't think that, uh, that's a good idea. I mean, I, I know some, a lot of fitness guys like to do that. One reason why I don't like to do that is that you shouldn't believe me because I'm ripped or because I'm shredded. Fuck mm. that. Fuck that. You shouldn't believe me. You should just look at what I'm saying and what is the source, which is papers, textbooks, science. I didn't invent this, right? This is not right. my method. That's I'm not true. the guru, right? I'm not, I'm not the shredded guru. I'm the guy who is just translating the current science based on my experience and also the science combined and giving you some information. Uh, you shouldn't take this as pure fact because Mario said it. Fuck that. You should doubt Mario and you should like when you're when you're having doubts about something, you should comment and tell me, hey man, like I, I don't believe you, I don't trust you. What's your source? But being a critical thinker in 2016 at the time of making this video and going to 2017 in the future, probably the best freaking skill you can have. Because there's so much information, you should doubt everybody. Like you should doubt every single thing I said in this uh, video chat here, right? Be the critical thinker. And I think that um, too many uh, people fall into the trap of, uh, hey, I found the guru that I resonate with, and then I don't doubt and, and question anything. And right. that's kind of holding people back in developing themselves because ultimately what I'm saying is just uh, supposed to give you some guidance, but you should try it out eventually in yourself and see if, if some of it resonates with you and works for you, right? It's science. It's never an exact uh, outcome, like cause effect relationship, right? There's always nuances to consider. So, I mean, I appreciate when people say, hey, man, you're like, you know a lot of stuff. You're awesome. You're getting shredded. You're doing all these things. But dude, like you should doubt me as well because uh, I made a shit ton right. of mistakes. And two, three years from now, I might be, might be, calling you up, John, and saying, hey, man, remember that webinar that we did? Yeah, you know, like all that stuff that I said there, you know, might be bullshit, you know, like let's, like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. You never oh, yeah. know, right? You, you never know, you know, like it, that's, I mean, we know a lot, but some of it, it, it's not tested yet on science. And when science, I mean, new science comes, I'm, I'm there, you know, I'm ready to change. But I mean, we know how to get ripped. So if you apply some of these things, you will get ripped. Maybe in the future you, we find a way how to get there better, right, and faster. So and just take it, take it as it is, right. Be, be yeah. a realist. Be a, be very real. Yeah, no, I totally agree, I, and I think that I mean, good point. Like, test what you're gonna do. Test it on yourself, right? You gotta like whatever someone says. It doesn't matter. Like I, you know, and people say contradicting things, but you try it and you see what works because we're all somewhat different, and we also, you know. May, may may follow things differently or they work better for us just because of a mental you know we can actually uh comply <laughs> compliance exactly right? exactly so test exactly. on yourself like, like you know be you know and don't take anyone's uh just pure pure advice for it but yeah i i totally agree with, with that i'm glad i'm glad that you said that and and just this this idea that yeah just to wrap it up because we we yeah. shot out a lot of good ideas and uh yeah. just kind of to, to really put it in the right perspective. I think that's important. Yeah. And there's multiple ways, right? Like there's like yeah, many ways to yeah. we're doing seven meals a day for how many years and they, and they got shredded. And now we say that like, you could do both paths work. It's yeah. Just, there's hundreds of ways to get there. There's hundreds of ways. Guys did all yeah. sorts of crazy shit, all sorts of crazy shit. Like yeah. they wear the same socks for, for six months because they think <laughs> they, they get, they get, uh, more caloric expenditure, they burn more fat using those socks. Does that work? Probably not. I mean, does that help them? Yeah, yeah. If, if they think yeah. it helps them, it probably helps them. You know, like, I mean, who are we to judge, you know? And uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, looking at the science is probably the, the closest as we can get to the truth and not about a particular study, but about looking at the whole array of studies that we have. And if you're not, I mean, you shouldn't necessarily go to PubMed right now and just start looking at the papers. You know, it's probably a good idea to start with textbooks. I mean, Lyle McDonald stuff we, we referenced multiple times. 
he's yeah. great at translating the research to the general public in, oh, yeah. uh, in a way that people can understand. And um, he's looking at the studies. You don't need to look at the studies if you don't have the scientific background. I mean, I have a master's in computing and I'm, I'm used to looking at statistics. Dude, I get fucking confused. I don't know what the hell half that stuff is sometimes because the methodologies that people use to draw conclusion in original research is crazy. You know, like you can't understand what, what's happening. That's why, I mean, if you hang out around people, you go to like Alan Aragon's research review, you go to Brad Schoenfeld's stuff, you go to Eric Helms, you go to Lyle, you, you go to these guys and uh, they translate some of the research and then you can kind of draw conclusions as a coach, try different things out and maybe develop something of your own out of that and then apply that. That's kind of what what being a coach is, right? So we were practitioners, as me as a coach, I'm a practitioner, I'm not a scientist. I have a scientific mindset, but I'm not the one doing the research, right? That's something to distinguish a little bit. And I mean, I'm not gonna, it's like a whole, whole different rabbit hole. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's uh, just, just to point it out, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. And that's, that's very true. All right, everyone. Well, uh, thanks again, Mario. It's been it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor to uh, to meet you. Hopefully, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll meet up at some time at a, a YouTube fitness conference or you know whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, yeah. It was a pleasure. Take care, man. Hey, what's up, John? Here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.